We are on the set of Schitt's Creek in Catherine O'Hara's trailer. I was holding onto his arm more for safety than anything else. So I'm walking in those six-inch heels in dirt and grass. That's like the last thing you should be doing. So I'm sort of, you know, he's my support. Did you actually hit him in the head with the parasol or did you just come close? I didn't. No, someone else poked him once. Uh, luckily, it wasn't me. But he, <laughs> oh, I got really close a couple times. He hey! <laughs> Move out of the way. Hey! <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to EW On Set. I'm Shana Naomi Crockmall. And I'm Patrick Gomez. This is a companion podcast to the sixth. I don't <laughs> even want to say this. It's the final season of Schitt's Creek. The good news is we will be here every week, bright and early on Wednesday mornings after each new episode airs, with recaps and exclusive on-set interviews with the cast. This week, we are talking about the premiere of season six, written and directed by Dan Levy. You're going to hear us talking with Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, Annie Murphy. We got to talk to a lot of people. I, I, this is a great job and I often feel very lucky to be in it, but I have rarely felt as privileged and fortunate to get to do what we do as I have in the process of making this podcast and being on set with them. So let's let's dive in. Shana. Yes, we're not going to spoil the rest of season six, but we are going to talk about this first episode. So be sure you have watched it or prepare yourself to find out exactly what happens in it. Should we start with where we left yeah, things let's, let's at the remind, end of season me, five? Shana, where did we leave off? Where did we leave five? at the end of season five? So many things had happened. There was the magnificent local theater production of Cabaret. Surprisingly in, amazing. Amazing. Because you didn't really know where that was going to go. I was not surprised that it turns out Moira Rose is an amazing theater director. Patrick proposes to David, mm. who says yes. We all cried a lot. As they are getting engaged, uh, Ted and Alexis are preparing to leave for the Galapagos. Yes. Um, which will obviously get into in a second. So that gets us to the uh, premiere. We pick up back at the motel. Moira has been asleep, hiding. She's like taken refuge in this closet, the tiny little closet, um, because she's so upset about the Crows movie being shelved. Um, We see David and Patrick head off with uh, Alexis and Stevie to look at a possible wedding venue. Begrudgingly with Alexis. Begrudgingly with Alexis, I yes. have to tell you, one of my favorite moments of this episode is the fact that, well, one, first, Alexis packing is me, where I'm just, like, oh, shoving things that in. That whole scene is so funny. That first scene, it's like you get right back in, and I, I had to re-watch it over and over again because I kept laughing over all of the dialogue. My favorite part of all that, though, is how they just all keep ignoring the fact that Alexis is there. Like, when yeah. Johnny brings the boys over, and brings all three of them over to um, to Moira in the closet, he's like, Patrick and David are here. And the, my, one of my favorite moments is when Alexis is just like, uh, I mean, she silently is like, I'm right here. Right here. <laughs> poor oh, Alexis. Poor Alexis. And all of her luggage. And all of her luggage piled on top of Patrick's car as they go to see this wedding venue that was just gorgeous. So beautiful. So beautiful. Um, Looks something out of like a French like garden, like something out of like a Little Chateau. Women, the mo- yes. like the movie. Yes, they didn't get the prices in advance. Of course, it is so much more expensive than they could possibly have imagined. But there's a I, deal. There is a deal. We did just have a cancellation earlier in the week for a Sunday afternoon. Sundays are good. We can work with that. Now, the first Sunday of every month is discounted already, and we're unlikely to find someone else this late in the game. So. I would be happy to offer you an additional 30% off. Oh, my God! 
I feel like I was waiting for where this joke was going to land, and it somehow managed to be so much worse even than I thought it was going to. And they plant the seeds so early. They really do. Like, they're talking about the food and all of the local farms and, the, like, what they're eating there. And I still, I thought it was going to be, like, a loud train or, like, I did not think it was going to be the, like, squealing of the slaughter of pigs at the nearby farm, which happens on that day every month that had earned them a reduced rate that they, of course, quickly quickly pass on. Another one of my favorite moments was when they get there. Welcome to Elmbridge Manor. And you must be the happy couple. Oh, no, oh, not quite. Oh, ladies, I'm so sorry. Congratulations. Champagne. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. Mm -hmm. Hi, <laughs> David Rose. I'm the one getting married. And this is my partner, Patrick. Hi. So, Gentlemen, please forgive me. I looked at your friend's face and thought someone had just come from her makeup trial. It's just always funny what assumptions people would make about that group of people when put together. And he's so much more sure it's a lesbian wedding than it could possibly be those two guys. I feel like it's the Patrick that throws them off, always. <laughs> right? They're like, that guy? Really? Are you sure? Are you positive? Are you sure? But then Patrick, of course, is the only semi-sensible person in this entire situation who asks about the money, tries to figure out if they can afford it, clearly wants to try to help figure out how David can have this wedding of his dreams, but, you know, is also, obviously no one's gonna go along once they figure out what the screaming of the pigs is. Yes, um, and we'll get all to that later in this episode, but uh, I wanna go back to um, <laughs> Moira in that closet in that white wig, which I, might be my new favorite wig of yes. Moira's ever. Um, we actually got to chat with Catherine O'Hara in her trailer about this scene um, and being trapped in that closet as the fire alarm is going off um, Roland has to rescue her. Uh, okay. Let's, and most importantly, she has to save the wigs. She has to save the wigs, of course. Of course. Let's let her, her tell it. We are on the set of Schitt's Creek. Uh, so if you hear any noise, doors opening, uh, things rumbling around us, that's why we are in Catherine O'Hara's trailer. Catherine, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Thanks very for much. for talking with us about this season. So Moira gets out of the closet. Yes. Um, she doesn't die. No. <laughs> Uh, I've been in the closet for about a week, I guess, because the Crows movie was shelved and that gave me hope all fifth season. Moira had, you know, she kind of loosened up, let her guard down the tiniest bit, you know, actually started listening to people in town and being a little curious because she had that coming. You know, she had the Crows movie coming and it was something big to look forward to. And every, anything to look forward to means a possible way out of the town for Moira. And uh, then it was shelved. The movie was shelved. And that was devastating for Moira because she put way too much on to it. And uh, and then in the first episode of the six, uh, we learned that Eugene, Johnny has been taking care of Moira <laughs> for the last week or so. Uh, and there's a scene, you know, with the kids. They're talking about the wedding, the, the trip to see the wedding venue. Uh, talking to Alexis about leaving soon. Uh, but Moira goes back in the closet and then she smells smoke. Smoke starts coming into the closet. She's choking. She can't get out. We've already established that the latch doesn't want to work from the inside. She can't get out. She said, now this is where I'm going to die because of my career, because of how much I put into it and how much faith I put into it. And it's let me down. It's done nothing but let me down. I'm going to die because of this. And Roland who actually started the little fire, uh, comes in and saves her. When she gets outside, when she's been saved, carried over his shoulder uh, by Roland, uh, 
and he saved some of her babies, her wigs. Um, then she realizes how insane that was to put that much on your career and not to enjoy life. I'm actually kind of surprised this has never happened before. Like, well, also that he doesn't take the wrapper. I mean, that's like the most rolling move ever. But I would also believe that none of the Rose family knows how to operate a toaster. Yes, but it, does in this see, case, it does seem much more like a Rose thing to do. But if it wasn't a Rose, Roland is my next. Jocelyn's doing doing the heavy lifting in oh, that house. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Um, but the, but the de near death experience gives Moira this uh, new perspective on life. Yes. Um, which leads to another one of my favorite moments. I'm here if you need me for anything. Oh, I've never needed less. I know. Amazing. I love the two of them together so much. And I love then this idea, of course, that Johnny has that they're going to have this picnic at the creek. We get to see Schitt's Creek. This was exciting. Creek. We were there that day. We, we got to see day. Schitt's Creek. It was a location outside of, it was near the zoo, which is like also outside Toronto. And we, when we got the um, information about being on set that day, it came with this elaborate, detailed warning about ticks and other bugs that could bite you and all of the precautions we were supposed to take. I was in my hotel room spraying bug spray on myself and I forgot to open the window. Open a window. Oh, it was so, it was so much. And it was, I mean, it was very creaky. It was like, it was a warm day in June and there were bugs out and it was, it was a lot. Now, I have to say, in my head, I was like, okay, we're not really going to find a tick, like, blah, blah, blah. Well, cut to, <laughs> cut to later in the later. day. As we're taking, we're being driven in a production van to the second location of the day. You look down. I look down, and there's this bug crawling on a seat, and I go, that oh looks God. a lot like a tick. So, yes, the ticks were real. The bugs were real. But that couldn't make us uh, any less excited still, the, the fact no. that we got to go there and watch this fantastic scene. Watching... Eugene and Catherine work together. Like, that's one of the pleasures of my career ever. Like, they just, because they're not a married couple in real life, but they are lifelong friends. They've known each other yes. since they were in their late teens, or she was in her late teens at mm -hmm. the very least. Yeah. Uh, Let's hear them talk to us a little bit about how that scene went and how their relationship has developed over the years. 10 Alpha Take 2. And Mark. Action. Hey, everybody. And we're here on the side of Schitt's Creek. At the actual creek? At the actual creek. This is the first time anyone is seeing or hearing the lovely, very creaky sounds of this creek um, as we shoot this scene or watch this scene be shot. I think Johnny we're shooting it now. We're, we're basically we're shooting Johnny. it. Yeah, we're Johnny and Laura. Uh, Dan is directing this episode, which is great to watch him work and get to give his dad some direction. And uh, Catherine is admirably climbing down an extremely precarious hill in some very high hills. Very high hills. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely walk in the woods. Whoa, that scared me. I don't want to poke him, so I'll hold so, it high. Yeah. We'll start yeah. like this and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just working out choreography. <laughs> you really seem to function as like one team today. Like oh, whether it was like figuring out, okay, let's run these lines again. Let's figure out how to where walk, to put, like, I loved you. where do I put the parasol? <laughs> figure out where the hands go. I was holding onto his arm more for safety than anything else. So I'm walking in those six inch heels in dirt and grass. That's like the last thing you should be doing. So I'm sort of, you know, he's my support. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you saw it. And then did you actually hit him in the head with the parasol or did you just come close? I didn't know. Someone else poked him once. Uh, luckily, it wasn't me. But he, oh, I got really close a couple times. He goes, hey! He move out of the way. Hey! <laughs> Last thing he wanted to do was mess piece. his hair, let alone his head. Cut! That was great. <laughs> you didn't fall. <laughs> it's 
It was great watching you guys really get to work together, like really working together and supporting each other through like physically a precarious like climb down that hill in like Boy. crazy hills. Getting wrapped yeah. in heads with parasols. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, it was it, it it was the bumpiest little you know the rocky road to Dublin. You know, it was like a walking down that hill and trying to look somewhat you know cool was the toughest thing um yeah moira what can i say you know it's like um how long have we been working together now almost 40 years so it's yeah. like uh there's a comfort factor there that kind of makes it almost you know real in a way it's like you don't have to do that much acting and and we we played couples in so many projects that it's uh you almost feel like you're married so, I mean, there's, yeah. there's not a lot of acting. And I, I imagine it must be that level of just like the ease of the trust of being able to sort of lean on each other, like both physically, but also like, help me out here. How are we doing this? Yeah, well, it's always been that the, 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 the reason that we, we do work well together is we have the same approach when we're working. We, we Neither one of us consider ourselves like funny people. We don't consider ourselves comedians, never have. I mean, we we work the same way we get our laughs through our characters and we take that work very seriously and and so there's a there's a we're very comfortable in the process of doing that with each other um some people you know like to necessarily you know they'll kind of fool around between takes like with chris i mean it's there's always stuff going on between takes that with Catherine, it's like we just want to make sure not that we don't have fun but we we do, you know, we'll say, let's run lines. You want to go over the lines again, you know, and, and we're comfortable with that. I like to do that. She likes to do that. And you don't feel like you're, you know, in, in impeding on someone else's private moment before they have to go on camera, you know, that's, um, so the process is, is great. We've, we've always had a very comfortable working process. I love Eugene. He and Daniel are lovely gentlemen. Uh, they're so easy to be with in work and out, out of work. Um, they set uh, a lovely tone uh, for everyone on the set, on and off the set. Um, you know, all any kind of brief uh, discussion, not, I wouldn't even say argument, discussion about anything, is never feels like an argument because it's all about the work. Everyone, Eugene and Daniel care about the work and I do too and you always we always know in any discussion that we are all sincerely trying to make everything as great as it can be we're starting with great scripts obviously um it's very respectful everyone's very respectful of each other because that's the tone they set and Eugene I've just always loved working with him part of the sort of gentlemanly thing is Without saying it, I think we respect each other's privacy. We'll go so far in conversation. There are no limits. I mean, I feel I could say anything. He can say anything. But um, it's almost like an old-fashioned sense of privacy that we give each other. And it's I think it's helped us maintain a great working relationship for 40 years. It's ridiculous. We tried dating right at the beginning. Second City Theater, everyone tried dating. You make each other laugh, and that's really sexy. It is. And... Uh, and so you think, hey, we're laughing together. We should try. But, you know, it didn't work out, and it's great. I don't think we'd have this working relationship. We didn't. And he obviously picked the right woman in his life with their lovely kids. 
going on too much, aren't I? No, um, it's great. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good luck cutting this. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just it, we both take the work very. We take comedy very seriously, and we try to, um, you know, we love and respect our characters, and we try to make sure whatever our characters there do is organic to the characters. We like to keep it as real as possible. I mean, if we play insane characters, we're happy to be insane. But, you know, it's got to be organic. Yeah. Got to come organically from the character. So we yeah. just, we work very similarly. We'll be right back with Maury W. on set. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back. I, I loved watching Catherine and Eugene work together. It was, it was really a delight to see them. They ran lines off camera together. In, like They were both completely professional, but so laid back and relaxed. Well, and adding to that dynamic, Dan Levy directed this episode. So we he got to did. watch him and direct wrote and wrote it. Yeah. Um, so you get to watch this son direct his father and doing it all in this fantastic, not tick approved jacket. <laughs> no, he is wearing like a satin bomber style Balenciaga jacket. It's beautiful. And just and asking for a tick to jump on it. So Moira and Johnny are there. She gets the phone call right before yes. they get to the creek for their picnic. She's gonna she's gonna quit her uh, acting career. She's gonna she's give done. it up. She's and it done. seems like such a moment of clarity and like maturity for Moira, which is a rare word I feel like sometimes to use in conjunction with that character. But then, of course, when she manages to get her phone work, she finds out that the crowning has been picked up by a streaming service called Interflix. 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 And it's she very, is uh, Riverdale. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And she's back mm -hmm. and in full swing. And you see that moment of kind of like dismay on Johnny's face where he's half like dressed Johnny. Half dressed, kind of like half wet, like he's just been busted by the local cop who, you know, for skinny dipping in the river because Moira's been stuck on the phone this whole time. And I think he's both a little annoyed by that, but also there's like that deeper like moment where you can kind of I think because he was envisioning Eugene this Levy life. is so good wow. you can actually see the depth of it that it was like yeah he had this idea that oh we can move past her sort of cycle of disappointment and you know all of that in in her stalled career of being an actor and instead no she in fact is back bigger than ever can't wait to do this you can tell it's going to be a really big deal and it's really touching because the the two of them in particular have just been working so hard to get out of Schitt's Creek and money is the way out. And so for them to both want to embrace a thing that would take money away, like this, like if she, yeah. if the movie was good or if the, if she kept going, yeah. maybe they would make money and could get out. And they're both like, you know what? They're at peace with it for a few minutes. For like a minute. And then yeah. they're not. But that's of course, uh, you know, not all that's going on in this episode. No. So we get back to the wedding planning. Uh, where we have, we've discussed a lot about like what they're looking at, but one of the things is that Alexis is supposed to not be there if they have to do the wedding in a month. Right. And like, I feel so bad for her. 
um, you know, like David was making me angry. Yeah. He, when, even once he apologizes, he literally she she tries to get him to say the words "I'm sorry," and he uses <laughs> he uses the words "apology" or something like that. But he won't say "I'm he sorry." He can't do it. I think it's a great moment in the show because they. This show, for as much as, and we've talked about this a lot, like you really see the characters learn and grow over those first five seasons. Like they are genuinely, by the end of season five, moderately more functional human beings than they were to start off with. But they're not done. Like they're not, and maybe like you're never done, right? But I think that's one of those nice moments where you're like, David, you are being a selfish brat. And not just because you're like the bratty brother. Like you're actually being kind of a jerk. And she's not wrong to be upset. And like, she, like, you, we understand that David is upset because Alexis is leaving and that he hasn't fully, like, processed all of that or dealt with all of that. And this is his snotty kind of way of, like, getting back at her about it. But it, it, it's, there's a lot of that. And then there's a beautiful scene between Alexis and Stevie. Stevie, who is now having this, like, kind of life crisis. Cabaret <laughs> yes. opened. She's a little hungover. So many, she's a little hungover. But she's, <laughs> Cabaret opened these doors for her yeah. in terms of what her life, her, her life could be Look, bigger. Look, if you can stand on that stage and belt out a song like that as well as she did, whether or not you're, like, off to go seek your fortune, you know, in musical theater or you've just, like, absorbed the lesson of that song and that movie or that show into a place where you're like, I want more. And that's where Stevie is yeah. in that moment. But we get this really touching moment with her and Alexis where she's kind of opening up to her about all of that. Alexis is, of course, on her phone. Mm -hmm. She's trying to... Uh, check into her flight. She doesn't understand flight. how it works. And Stevie is like, of course, assumes that this is because Alexis has no idea how flying coach or economy works, which she's not wrong about that. But also, you it turns out you don't get slippers. You do have to check in. It's very confusing. And of and course, you have to it turns schedule your ticket for the right day. You do, uh, which it turns out Alexis has a history of not doing correctly and has inverted the date and the month, and so she is not going anywhere for a month. And that's where you know she's she's there's like the upside of like maybe she'll be here for this wedding and the downside of obviously she wants to get back to ted and that was this plan and it wasn't supposed but, to be delayed like this but does she so but does shane, she? And, shane and i have a theory did she book this on purpose the wrong month or did she actually make a mistake like david says she's done before and we asked annie about this uh so let's listen to her thoughts Thank you so much for joining us, Annie. Thanks for having me. Alexis makes a big mistake in her planning for going to Galapagos. Yes. And then is it truly a mistake? Like, do you believe on every level, like it was truly just a sort of like a, a ditzy moment of a mistake? Was there some level in which Alexis was not fully sure of this plan? That's very, very deep. I wish I, I wish I thought of that. I, I, feel, I feel like it was too nefarious also. Like I don't, but I mean, just in that way where you're like, oh yeah, 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 of course I'm going to come do this, but like maybe I won't triple check it. I think, yeah, I think there's there was definitely some kind of um, subconscious intention there. Um, even though she did have the best intentions and, and had, had spent such a long time kind of psyching herself up and to go on this vacation, she won't stop calling it a vacation. Um, because she does want to be there for Ted and she does love Ted so much. And, um, but yeah, there was this, I think in season five, there was a scene where we talked about Alexis trying to describe missing somebody and Ted, and she's like, no, it's this weird feeling. I don't think you understand. It's when I'm somewhere, but I'm thinking of my family. And Ted's like that. Okay, hun, that's what missing someone is. And so she is struggling with this, um, 
newfound love and connection that she has with her family and and removing herself from that situation i think it's surprising to her how much anxiety that causes so you might be right that it's not just alexis's ditziness that that causes this huge <laughs> kink in the plans <laughs> You get to see finally like an actual apology and sort of a nice minute of making up with Alexis and David after that, uh, which is very sweet. Very sweet. And, uh, you know, we then see them all back at the hotel having a barbecue. That was a nice like throwback to like the barbecue with scene. Patrick's ex-girlfriend. Yes. This was a much better, a better scene for them. Well, I just love that. that he's, I, I love that there's that line that David tells Patrick and goes, well, he's like, you already, you already put a ring on it. Like you're, there's no getting away from this. And, <laughs> Um, Patrick wants to now have the wedding at the motel, which at first uh, David kind of scoffs at, but then I think, yeah. I think you kind of see the wheels turning, being like, okay, maybe that would be nice yeah. and sweet. Okay, that was the premiere of season six of Shit's Creek. Um, such a great episode. So nice to be back. There's a couple of ridiculous things I think we should try to hit on for each of these episodes. And the first one, I'm going to challenge you to do is to name your favorite Rose family celebrity name drop. Um, I know usually Alexis is the one that is name dropping all the time. And then after that, uh, Moira, my pick for this uh, for this episode is actually Johnny because we never really hear him do a name drop. And it's still about Alexis, but I loved when he was just like, Does this not remind you of that wellness retreat we went to in Evian right after Alexis ended things with Sean Penn? I have a lot of follow-up questions about that line. <laughs> How old is Alexis? And when did she date Sean Penn, who is significantly older than almost everyone in the story, except possibly Johnny and Moira? But yet no one seems upset about it, so it doesn't seem like it was that inappropriate. And my favorite is definitely and I am including that Peruvian ayahuasca retreat we embarked upon with Alan Tipper. One other thing we want to touch on on every episode is our favorite line of Moira Rose dialogue. Shayna, what is yours? Okay, mine, I mean, always so many to choose from. This is going to be the why Already I'm wondering, why did we decide to do this to ourselves? My, I think my favorite Moira line of the week is when she says, Oh, my legs are in slumber. As always, I think the perfect Moira Rose line just has to have so many words that could be said so much more simply and instead are the most complicated and sometimes not even real words yes. version of it. What's, I, what's yours? Um, so mine is in that same scene. So she's being carried by Roland when she says that out. And then when she gets out, she needs to go back for her babies. Um, and she does not mean her children, which Roland initially thinks. Of course. He's like, you're not here. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so I just love when she's calling out all the names of the wigs. But my favorite moment is... And Cindy! Cindy below her. Cindy, I just gave her a blowout. Th- that line to me is hilarious. <laughs> Ugh, I love her so much. Do we know the names of all the wigs? We know the names of a lot of them. I mean, who yeah. knows how many she has, and I'm sure there's more in storage somewhere. Look, you and I, obviously there's so much to laugh at. It is technically a comedy. Let's talk about what made us laugh the most and what made us cry the most, because this show has just emotionally destroyed both of us. Ugh, um, we have cried together watching yes. this show be shot. We have cried talking about the show. Almost everyone in the cast has cried while talking to us about the show. Um, so what made you laugh? the hardest. Oh, God. I mean, that scene uh, with Moira uh, in the closet stuck. No, this is not. This is not how I go. Somebody help! 
But I also love that she thinks Roland's voice is Stevie's voice. That's a nice little throwaway <laughs> moment. But that whole the whole closet situation that gets the funniest for me. Uh, how about for you? Um, I would say the funniest is Alexis packing. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want any help with that? I fit my high school best friend into a suitcase way smaller than this when we were crossing the border between Laos and Vietnam, so I'm pretty sure I can figure this out. Everything about that was so funny to me and very Alexis. Okay, what made you cry or have the most feels? Oh, God. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty touching episode, but I think if I go back, to, it's that I think it's Johnny's face when, when Moira gets so excited about going back to work and he wants to be happy for her, but at the same time is sad because he started envisioning this life of theirs. It took my accepting that I could quit at any time to realize I mustn't, John, ever. If this is what you really want, then I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you, John. I was gonna say that, but since you said that, I will say the scene with Alexis and Stevie. Yeah, this, I think this is what might be bothering your brother. Okay, I get it. My life is an inconvenience. That, um, or the fact that you've been talking nonstop about how desperate you are to get out of here. I think it might be hurting his feelings. Stevie's like so reluctant to say anything, anything that's like really emotional ever. And so when she does, I feel like it carries that extra sort of weight because you know she really is saying it from a place of love. Like, but also you need to hear this. Yes. So that is the premiere episode of Schitt's Creek season six. I can't wait to watch the rest of them. I want them all right now. Um, you can find me at, at Patrick Gomez LA on all social. Where can I find you, Shana? At Shana Naomi. We're so excited to have this podcast and to get to share this with you. So much more of that to come through the rest of this season. Every Wednesday morning, um, after you've watched the episode Tuesday nights, we will be there with interviews, with insights, with terrible jokes. Let us know what you think. Make sure you like, subscribe. Thanks so much. Be sure to come back next week. This has been EW On Set.